0: Thanks for downloading this week's episode of Seen and Heard, available every Tuesday on iTunes. To listen and subscribe to this and other great Province podcasts, search iTunes or simply visit theprovincepodcasts.com. Happy listening.
1: This podcast is brought to you by The Province.
0: This is Seen and Heard with Providence music writer Stuart Dardane. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Seen and Heard podcast with me, Stuart Dardane. Here lucky enough today to talk to Toronto-based composer, pianist and visual artist John Camille Farah about his work and uh, coming solo for Four Hands appearance at the Western Front um, on September 25th as part of the year-long 88-tune Bongos concert series. And uh, John, welcome.
1: Hello. Nice to be with
0: you. Nice to be with you as well. And, uh, you know, first thing I'd like to say is what did, what do 88-tune bongos have to do with, uh, with the newly refurbished uh, Disclavier Piano? For that matter, what is a Disclavier Piano?
1: <laughs> oh, right. Um, well, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, the sort of meaning of the the name of this concert series. Um, the, you, do you mean the reference to 88-tuned bongos? Like, what's that all about? That's exactly
0: what I mean. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I asked the same question, actually, when they invited me. And as I understand it, I um, hope I get this correct, it's a reference to, there's a quote from the pianist Cecil Taylor, mm-hmm. um, where he referred, because he had a very percussive style of playing the piano, where it was almost as if his his fingers or, or hands were like mallets that were very, like, quickly striking the piano as opposed to like the notion of the romantic pianist stroking the piano like as if it's a string instrument and so he considered each each individual key like a, an individual bongo but that was tuned to a different note so that was the way he approached the, the sort of hand movement so if you imagine that as like miniature bongos you imagine someone going going crazy from top to bottom that's kind of an image of Cecil Taylor playing the piano, and uh, I think since he was such an instrumental, like pivotal uh, figure, in for anyone who's is doing any anything sort of remotely modern and uh, in contemporary improvisation, sure. that is a perfect reference point.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's weird that it, even at these days we have to remind people But you know, the piano is it is a percussion instrument for all intents and purposes. It's uh, how you yeah. get the sound is by, you know, whether you're massaging it or stroking it or, you know, bam, pounding on it. Um you tend to do all, you ent- you tend to do all of those things and 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 more with with your work and um I'm really right, interested yeah, so I
1: wasn't sure where the analogy was going there, but yeah, uh,
0: yeah. We, so the uh, so 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 the 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 show that you're you're performing at, at the culture is, um, or at the front, rather, is the, the four-hands solo um, piece. And I, I'm curious about the, uh, it, uh, does this tie in with the fact that uh, from the picture of the Disclavier, um, which is what the front sort of is dedicating this year-long concert series to, is this newly mm-hmm. refurbished piano, it looks to me like this thing is, it, it's, it looks like some um, steampunk uh, concept of a player piano.
1: Oh, right. Uh, I think that's, that's correct. Actually, to be honest, I have not, um, as of yet, I've never played one. Um, but I think it was kind of appropriate. I think it's it's not a completely alien notion to me to play something like this. And, and you did ask me what it, what it was. And to my knowledge, a disc clavier is something that, for example, well, let's say on a regular electric piano you buy from Yamaha, you know, you press record and you can record yourself playing on it. Right. It plays plays whatever you just played back, Uh, whereas a disc clavier will play back what you just played, but it's actually, it's not playing back a recording, it's actually playing back the notes that you struck, and it's re-striking those strings, so the actual piano, the mechanism is working. Yeah, just like like an old player piano, exactly, except it's doing it this time through MIDI, through right. electronic signals and that sort of thing, but the, the great thing for me about working with that is, first of all, I really love counterpoint, mm-hmm. um, and I love polyphonic, dense music with a zillion different things going on. Like sure. I like to re- think of myself as a as opposed to a minimalist composer, I think of myself as a, a maximalist. I um, like that. In terms of different, uh, the different aspects that go into music, like the different like the Middle Eastern element, the the experimental, the electronic, the Baroque elements, and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And then also, I just love counterpoint straight up, sort of. Full on,
0: like, if it's a if it's Renaissance
1: pal- counterpoint, yeah, even you, if you were are, to take are, all the other elements away. So it's an amazing chance for me to write um, something, let's say, for example, a fugue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then write a massive one that would be so big that I could never play with just two hands. Gotcha. Like a 10-voice fugue or something, which is, that's already in my plans to write (laughs) for it. And then also, but then since it's going to be recorded, um, since this information of what I play on that or what I program program into it is stored, like, electronically in in, in digital signals, then I can always take those same notes and then just reprogram them for another instrument, like have them... um, keep that piece, like I originally perform it at the Western Front on the disc clavier, sort of with this extra imaginary pianist. But then if I want, I can take that same information and reprogram it for synthesizers, I'm gotcha. playing in another place, and then it's the same notes, but being played by sort of weird electronic sounds. So I love the flexibility of that whole
0: thing. So it's really just. I'm not yeah. even sure if I answered your question. Whatsoever. No, you did that. That that was that, in a roundabout way that answered it very well. Um, without further ado, let's. Uh, you know, I think of fugues and I think of moodiness and I think that uh, that's a perfect intro to the track uh, Lake Trazamine from uh, from your album Between Carthage and Rome, which is uh, subtitled Blade Runner in Babylon. So uh, let's uh, give oh, that. Right. Let's give that one a listen. Um, this is Lake. Uh, it's Trazamine, is it? That the correct pronunciation for that. Blade Runner in Babylon. Actually
1: my, my Latin is not very good but I think it's Trazimene something Trasimene,
0: like that. Yeah. Trazimene. Okay, that makes
2: more it's, sense. This is sure.
1: basically a, a it's a scene that was one of the um, key flashpoints for the wars between ancient Carthage and Rome. And there was one of it was a, a lake where Hannibal led the Romans into an ambush. Um, but that was actually just a working title whereas the real title for it I, I look at it as Blade Runner in Babylon Gotcha. Um, because of the sort of well the Babylon referring to the Middle Eastern element to it and then the, the Blade Runner element is of course this futuristic sci-fi element which is the synthesizers
0: sure and the cheerful yeah. world that it portrays okay well here we go without <laughs> exactly. further ado here's the track Okay, so you were speaking earlier about synthesizers and you're certainly making use of them in that. Uh, it's, do, do, you, do you have um, a preference or are you just happy to play with technology, play with a, you know, a treated or, a, you know, or, or, or manipulated instrument? I mean, does it matter as long as you can get the sounds you're after?
1: Um, well, okay, so that's a, that's a good question. Um, the way I look at it is there, there was this drummer I, m- I remember I met Uh, 10 years ago at this uh, Middle Eastern music retreat, and he just told me he never met a drum that he didn't like. So it didn't matter whether the drum was completely out of tune or almost unplayable, he could always get some different sounds out of it. And I I kind of look at synthesizers the same way. Um, Although when it comes to playing things that would be in different tuning systems, then you're uh, you're limited to whatever can handle that. So a lot of synthesizers can't do anything out of the 12 you know, equal temperament shooting sure. system. Uh, but the great thing was that I, I use this program called Reactor, which is a software program which, in which people build their own synthesizers from scratch, like theoretical software synthesizers. Um, they're simulating them. And although I wish I could say that I build my own synthesizers, that's absolutely not true. I just, I take, you know, what some German guy did and his, took two years to do in his basement and then I just fiddle with it, and I modify it, gotcha. and I found ways to sort of plug into it so that each note can be individually detuned, uh, and then play, be able to play various Arabic modes right. on them. Yeah.
0: Now this is an interesting thing because, of course, you, you know, you're a double, two-time Glenn Gould Composition Award winner when you were studying at UT, and and you studied with, uh, you know, I, I think it would be safe to call American. Modernist slash minimalist Terry Riley, but you've also uh, mm. attended the American or, or the Arabic music retreat, which that's uh, Simon Shaheen's thing at uh, Holyoke College in uh, South uh, Hadley, Massachusetts, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I feel I should qualify that a little because those are week-long retreats, and I, no one can really do anything but scratch the surface with that. And, and I'm, I'd say, with my knowledge, my 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 experience with Arabic and Middle Eastern music came much from just growing up with it in the home, hmm. but I don't as much as I wish I could say that I was, a, you know, uh, really coming from that tradition. It's absolutely, I'm, I'm, you know, I've grown up in the Western tradition, the classical tradition and, uh, my, the, the place that Middle Eastern music comes from within me is more intuitively it being in my ears. um, and so then i have largely self-taught from okay. that tradition and it's more like I look at it um, I look at it as like a, a bear eagerly dipping his paws into a vat of honey or something sure. I don't know if that analogy really makes sense, but I just very eagerly dipping into it and using it in my own music, but not in ways that are uh, his, historically authentic. I'm taking forms. Um, that I'm learning about it, or, or taking the the really interesting asymmetrical rhythms or the tuning systems, and then just using them in really sort of, to me, outlandish ways.
0: What was the uh, Arabic music you were hearing growing up as a kid?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, well, of course, I grew up with Um uh, Qasum and Fereus around oh, okay. the house, and um, uh, Muhammad uh, Muhammad Al- Abdul Wahab, and the you know listening to to also, like, my favorite thing listening to were, were just solo uh, instrumental improvisations, or taksim mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's informed my approach to playing, or to, to incorporating that into my music. So, I, sometimes I, I have of course various different um, approaches to uh, improvisation. Anything from incorporating Trax- Stockhausen or Schronberg into my music right um, to uh, using um, let's say playing the piano like a, a kanun player, which is sure. an Arabic dulcimer, mm-hmm. and that's sort of involving um, you're sort of outlining a mode and playing in octaves and that sort of thing. And so it's in some ways I feel like a uh, an oud player or a kanun player that's trapped in a pianist's body.
0: Okay, well we're going to play yeah. an example of, of that. Um, this is what you have you have yourself. If Dub might be the best piece of music you've ever written. Uh, oh, this is uh, oh that one. Right, yeah. This is uh, yeah yeah that one. This is uh, from taken from Between Carthage and Rome, which is available at either uh, John Farah F A R A H dot com or at uh, Bosworth uh, Music, I believe. And um, right. this is the track. Uh, is it uh, Samai, right?
1: Yeah. Some Sama'i oh, no, no. point.
0: And uh, and with that, uh, John. Thanks again. Actually, could
1: I could I make a comment about sure. that piece? Please. Um, that there were there was another thing that went into that piece, which was was um, basically a style of making variations on a melody, which I got from William Byrd, which was basically to present a very uh, like a skeleton of a melody. And then keep on repeating it, but every time you're repeating it, it's like you're doing a connecting the dots thing, okay. but you're adding more dots. So <laughs> that the, the, every time you hear the melody, it's becoming slightly more ornamented. Nice. Um, so, uh, but then actually, this is a common um, approach used in, in Middle Eastern uh, variation. Like if you're developing a melody, you just repeat it, and you're filling in the notes in between, so that you still see the, the contour of the melody you sure. hear it. Um, But then I thought this was a really unlikely point of intersection between, like, Renaissance. um, Sorry, there's my GPS going there. Um, Renaissance English counterpoint and and Middle Eastern music, and they ended up sort of having the same home in in the same piece.
0: Nice. Well, with that, uh, we're going to play this piece uh, to catch you out. And, John, thanks again for the interview, and we're looking forward to hearing hearing you at the Western Front on September 25th at 8 p.m. And now, without further ado, here is Samai Point from John Camille Ferra. The album is Between Carthage and Rome. He'll be here at the Western Front on September 25th at 8 (laughs) p.m. And next up, we've got On the Scene, shows around town that are well worth checking out or motion in the local music thing. And here's what I'd like to say about this is we've got Thomas Beckman, uh, two tracks from his Music for Bowen EP, uh, which is available at Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, The violist. T-H-E-V-I-O-L-I-S-T dot com. You, you can get that full address at my blog, if you wish. Uh, Thomas Beckman, you may know, is the violist in the group Sons of Granville. We've had him in before to have a chat with us about their incredibly popular busking shows along Granville Street and also other things. But Thomas is also a composer who... Um, felt very strongly that the project at the Bowen Island Library, uh, which is to develop build a new space, a room specifically for exhibiting local artwork and uh, where people could carry on seminars, that it deserved to have a little bit of input from him as an artist in the area. And so he produced this Benefit EP. Um, 100% of the proceeds of the sales of the album will go to the library fund. And we're going to hear two tracks from that. The first one is Nepal Prayer. And it will be followed by Amazing Grace. That's taken from Music for Bowen Island. And now on to the Being Heard. Top spins are on my desk this week. Uh, First up, we've got New Light Choir. Um, This is a group formed by musicians uh, Jeff John Niffenegger on guitars and vocals and drummer Chris Dalton. And the band mixes classic sounds of the new wave of British heavy metal with uh, the styles of earlier super cool bands like Lucifer's Friends and, wow, even even very early uh, Priest. New Light Choir's album Volume 2, guess what, maybe it's their second one. Uh, is out on High Roller Records, and the two tracks we're going to hear are All I Need, and that will be followed by New Light in October. kind of digging on that New Light Choir record you know it's a little bit retro a little bit new a little bit happening and uh, you can check it out too at uh, High Roller Records last up coming out of Los Angeles we've got the Electro Rockers Sun Drug this band's generating quite a bit of buzz for it's sort of it's neat it's got kind of a 90s industrial vibe um and it's also got kind of a heavy pop buzz going along with it, too. Uh, the two tracks we're going to hear are Soaked and Wild Man. And these are both going to be taken from the upcoming self-titled album titled Sun Drug." But at uh, the moment, the only place you can follow up what's going on there is Sundrug Music on Facebook.com. And you really should go check out the, the video for Wildman. They, they got some money behind it, and it's, it's pretty cool, and it sort of gives the band a good picture. I'd say this is a band that you can expect to see on festival stages next year because they got the right vibe. And here we go, taking us out with Sundruck, Soaked, and Wildman. Once again, I'm Stuart Dardane. This has been Seen and Heard. Uh, You can check this out every week at theprovincepodcast.com as well as all the other province podcasts. But the one you really want to listen to is this one, because it's me. You've been listening to Seen and Heard with province music writer Stuart Dardane. Catch Stuart in the province newspaper or online at theprovince.com.